Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for attending. And now, without further ado, to answer your questions, we welcome Commissioner Carl Benson. Good afternoon, everyone. Thank you for attending today's press conference. Uh, at a time when there are so many uncertainties facing intercollegiate athletics, I thought that this would be a good opportunity to address some of those issues. Uh, who's got the first question? I got a question. Uh, Trent Krim from the Independent. <laughs> really? Trent Krim from the Independent? Are you kidding me? What's your question? Well, well what makes you qualified to be a commissioner? And alive. That's the best that you can have at a time when, when we've got all these issues facing us, and that's the best question you have? That's the stupidest question I've ever heard. And really, who, who let this guy in? Hi, welcome to episode three of Knutson and the Commission, along with Commissioner Carl Benson. I'm Mark Knutson. Thanks for joining us once again. Hope you're enjoying what we've done to this point. Before we get started, I want to tell you about DenverAutographs.com, the place to find all your favorite memorabilia from sports stars past and present. Two stores in the Metro Denver area, one at Colorado Mills Mall in Golden, one at the Flatiron Malls in, Flatirons Mall in Broomfield. Of course, you can find a lot of great stuff on their website as well. Uh, information about upcoming autograph signings, like the one they just had with Patrick Stan of the Broncos. Don't want to miss any of that. Check them out at denverautographs.com. And Carl, um, it's been a crazy, it, every week, we can say this every time we do this, it's been a crazy week. Something new happens and, and everything else. But uh, and, and NIL is something we'll probably touch on a lot. It's a sore spot for me, and I can't help talking about it. I think it's a, a terrible thing for college sports. I think you're a little more lean about that than I am, but you and I have discussed it at length a number of times. Um, but I felt there's three things that sum up my frustration with, with name, image, and likeness. Uh, really, this just happened. I mean, the Quinn Urs, I think I'm saying his name right, the quarterback from Texas who went to Ohio State, skipped his senior year of high school, enrolled at Ohio State, got himself a brand-new Ford pickup truck and – a boatload of, or I should say a truckload of endorsement deals before I ever suited up for Ohio State. If that's not a recruiting enticement, I don't know what is. Uh, Bryce Young in Alabama already has got a six-figure salary basically to play at Alabama. The Miami quarterback has one. And then something that you're more familiar with, BYU, um, 36 walk-ons are getting full-ride scholarships to play football. Um, and that sounds like a feel-good, fuzzy, warm and fuzzy kind of thing. But that's 36, that's a class and a half uh, of extra football players. And some of those guys are going to be players that can contribute and play. Um, that's an incredible competitive advantage. It's something the SEC has been kind of exploiting over the years with oversigning. But I mean, how is this any of this good for the sport of, of college athletics? Yeah, I think it's really going to be hard, Mark, to, uh, to get to a point where you, we, you know, any of us can say good, good, bad, or indifferent right. uh, in terms of the, the impact that it, that it's having. But it, it certainly uh, has has blossomed, and uh, you know one of the things that hasn't been written about is the number of companies that have started up that are managing these NIL contracts and yeah. and managing you know really from a you know agent relationship standpoint yeah uh, putting together these putting together these deals. There was a another one mentioned this week. Uh, in Las Vegas, a, a sports management company that Andre Agassi, former tennis player, yeah. lives in Las Vegas, is yeah. part of this sports management group, and you know they are providing uh, a sponsor to the the entire UNLV men's basketball team of five hundred dollars a month, yeah. and they're calling it a a you know a car allowance, yeah. and 
you know, we are, are getting closer and closer to, you know, to compensation based versus, you know, scholarship based, or right. I should say we've gone over the line now oh, in yeah. terms of the compensation base, but um, you know, the, the number of these agencies that, that have, you could almost call them little cottage industry that, you know, has popped up here in the last, you know, six months to, you know, to manage these, these deals uh, that are, you know, that are happening. Somebody, somebody tweeted back at me when I complained about the BYU situation. What's wrong with more kids getting scholarships? That's great. That's warm. Well, it's just football players, first of all, right? Um, this is not something that benefits every athlete in, on campus. This is, this is selective. It, um, I, I kind of figure at some point there'll be some legal challenges from the lacrosse players and the tennis players who aren't getting any of this stuff. Say, hey, wait a minute, we're college athletes too. We're not sharing in any of this money. I mean, I don't know how it'll be phrased. What, be what, will, come, what will come first before those, you know, any legal issues? What, right. what I think that universities have to be prepared for is are the Title IX implications. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And how many yeah. of these deals are for the men, student athletes, regardless of the sport, how many are for the women? And yeah. Yeah. for the, this BYU announcement about the scholarships, it really isn't, it's the equivalent of a scholarship. Yeah. Let's put it that way that that they are the school. Yeah. They are providing these thirty additional student athletes. I don't know how they came up with that. You know, with that number. Yeah, thirty-six. But, uh, with those walk-ons that you know would hopefully earn a scholarship based on transition and, mm-hmm. and their performance, that they just flat out now are getting you know compensated. Yeah, they don't need a walk. They don't need to be put on scholarship now. They're on scholarship. No, yeah, not so at all. It, this is. It's just a, this fact is not lost on coaches either. College coaches understand the, the new landscape. You know, Gary Patterson came out with an, there was an article in the Fort Worth Telegram not too long ago. You and I both read it. Um, <laughs> Gary Patterson flat out told his booster club, you better start anting up or we're going to fall behind. You guys better start paying for recruits. He said, he said in particular, there's five SEC schools calling one of his players, trying to get the kid to transfer so he'll get some NIL stuff at another school. And he said, if we don't do something before this year's over, we'll, we'll lose him to an SEC school, SEC school. And I think the best statement sums it all up. Gary Patterson said, there is no wrong anymore. Um, something with no guardrails, something that's just nebulous and can do, anybody can do anything they want. Wild West, it just, it's not good for college sports. And I, so many people, I think, are focused on what's good for the, an individual athlete or this athlete or that athlete, instead of what's good for the whole thing, which benefits so many other kids than the ones you see on TV. You know, I think what we're also seeing already is, you know, performance, bad performance or less than less than stellar performance. uh, Clemson, Clemson quarterback, uh, Angulale, you know, shows up in the Dr. Pepper ads and all of a sudden he's, you know, he's not performing like he did a year ago. And um, again, I, I think that there's. You know, we always talk about unintended consequences. Yes. We still don't know what happens, you know, if a kid goes down with an injury or a kid gets uh, arrested over the weekend yeah. for an assault and battery. Or if, is, he new, or if he just stinks. Or if he just stinks. he just doesn't. Yeah. You're right. So uh, it, uh, it I, I don't know if there was a way to, you know, to manage this in terms of, of a – you know, strategic plan-by-plan. Um, plan. The NCAA still getting, you know, beat up on, on it that there weren't any any overriding rules. You talked about guardrails. Yeah, they didn't um, have a chance to do that, though. 
but I also hope to know if it, if it would have been possible. Yeah, Gary right. Patterson says nothing's wrong. The enforceability of this, the intent is that the universities are not, you know, it's not permissible for the universities to be involved in these deals. And yet coaches have com come out pretty strongly saying, you know, that, that this is happening, you know, by their boosters, they're aware of it. Yep. Uh, you know, just the, the involvement of coaches, whether it's recruiting the high school kids or trying to, to recruit, uh, you know, players, you know, there have been many coaches who have made the comment, uh, not, you know, you throw this into the transfer uh, ability yep. as well, that coaches are saying, not only are we, are we going to have to recruit all these new incoming student athletes, we're going to have to recruit our own yep. kids that are already here yep. on a, on a on yearly a basis. basis. Yep. And, and, yeah, and, and then, yep, absolutely right. It's just, it's an awful situation. And again, it's the politicians. It wasn't the NCAA. We can throw the NCAA under the bus all we want for stuff. But it, this was the, as I like to put, put it, the act first, think later politicians who just decided this was a great way to, to look good with my constituents, a good way to, like, I'm helping these kids without thinking about the long-term consequences because they flat out didn't or they wouldn't have pushed this forward so fast. They would have allowed the NCAA to, and this goes for all the way up to the Supreme Court. They would have allowed the NCAA able to, to develop a program that had guardrails, that had some sort of com co uh, competitive balance fa factor involved so that Alabama's quarterback can't make, you know, 750 grand a year and Ole Miss's quarterback isn't making a penny. I mean, that, that's just, yeah. that doesn't, that does not um, allow for competitive balance. I mean, where's the kid going to go? He's going to go or he's going to make the money. And other people say, well, this will help these kids stay in school longer. It'll help some kids stay in school longer. The ones who are getting paid, the ones who aren't, are either going to go somewhere else, as you just mentioned, or they're going to bail out early for, for the pros or whatever they're going to do. This just, to me, wrecks competitive balance. I was in Boulder last weekend to watch Colorado and USC, and I just couldn't help thinking the irony there because Reggie Bush is on the TV doing the commercials for, for Wendy's, at, you know, which he could have done legally now well, as a player back when he played. Um, they took away his Heisman Trophy because he got some of these kinds of things that are now commonplace. Right. And, and yet I'm thinking watching USC – the gap between University of Colorado and Southern California is going to get massive. It's going to be Grand Canyon massive because the USC players will get these kinds of deals. They'll get these, these uh, you know, kinds of things. They're not going to get them in Boulder. There's no sponsors in this market in Colorado who are going to put their advertising and sponsorship dollars behind college athletics in a market that puts college athletics way down the list. So you know, the, it's, uh... it's, not, it's not fair at all. There's no fairness involved. Yeah, and, and I think that one of the, one of the other unintended consequences and, and perhaps the BYU 36 scholarships, you know, there's, there's been from time to time, a, a, an attempt to increase the number of scholarships. Mm -hmm. And if you, re, if you look at historically over the last 30 years, lowered them. It, it's gone from, it's gone from 105 mm -hmm. to 95, 85. 85. 85 yeah. And there've been coaches and the coaches association have said, you know, we'd like to be able to, get it back to you know to 95 perhaps mm -hmm. and there was always a, a roadblock whether it was title nine issues or yep. you know there's a reason that that fresno state beats ucla or there's a there's a reason that you know that uh that you know there the upsets the, right. the number of of right. uh, group of five that have beaten power five this year and and one of the reasons has always been the the, the 85 scholarships yep that that they can't you know there are still a lot of really, really good football players that don't get scholarships to the 
you know, to the the Power Five that are going to Colorado State and, and to BYU and to Utah and to or whatever mm -hmm. Utah else. State, so, yeah. Uh, Wyoming, Wyoming, Utah State, and and now that that they've got this little loophole that they can go out and that eighty five, you know, is is now going to yeah. be inflated, Mark, and yep. Uh, yep. so I think. In terms of the balance, the I, I've said for years that the economic gap, the economic gap between Colorado State and Colorado mm -hmm. has grown significantly. Right. The competitive gap, though, has not. The competitive gap has not gotten you know massive further. Right. Massive. And, and it's because of the scholarship. Will this change the competitive balance? Yeah. And that'll be that'll be something that that I think will be a you know, without without you or any of the other critics saying that it just doesn't feel good, it right. just doesn't look good, it just doesn't taste good. Um, will we see a distinct competitive balance between the Power Five on the football side, the Group of Five, hmm. uh, men's basketball, a little bit different animal in that there's you know there's fewer smaller scholarships right. right. and there's there's fewer positions that you know you just can't if you bring in twenty players and they're all you know. You know, big time, big time yeah. you know, future NBA guys, you know, that doesn't, that's, that doesn't work. So right. I don't see the, I don't see that competitiveness being uh, jeopardized on the, on the basketball side, but the football side, um, I think it's. Uh, it's well, possible. the one thing I'd say about basketball is that um, a school like Butler, which had been to the, the championship game a couple of times, you know, into the final four uh, with a Gordon Hayward, um, Gordon Hayward doesn't have to go there anymore. He can go to a bigger school now, right? They, because the bigger schools can give out more scholarships and more stipends. And he has a chance if he goes to Indiana instead of Butler, a chance to get a big, big endorsement deal. So the mid-majors, I think, are going to suffer a little bit because they rely on that one or two big-time players, the, the Fred Van, Van Vliet's at Wichita State. They rely on those guys. Getting one, of the, one or two of those guys, not as a star-studded roster, but enough guys that they can compete with the teams that are – generally like Kentucky's that are one and done and they're on their way. They play one year and then they leave. Um, and we've seen, we've, change. seen the, we've seen the impact on the transfer um, yep. portal and, and the graduate transfer that, um, yep. that those, those graduate transfers that have been at Cleveland state or at yep. Utah state or at, you know, Colorado state that, you know, that show up for one year at Kentucky or, mm -hmm. you know, we, we had for a long time, we had the one and dones on the, you know, on the front end. Mm -hmm. and, and now we've got the yeah you know, we the the hired guns the hired guns that come in for one year and and play that's in, true in too so, um, one more thing before we kind of shift gears a little bit here um gary Barry, gary patterson's quote uh, again tremendous article if you ever it's on a scooby accent from usa today read it but it originated in the fort worth telegram he said we planted the trees now we have to water them i hear boosters say well i don't want to get dirty it feels dirty i don't know the rules well, let me just say patterson continued you guys know me i'm just going to tell you the truth the bottom line is we can lose 25 to 30 guys on scholarship by january and this is somehow a good thing for college athletics i, I don't get it but you know before we went before we started the recording we we talked a little bit about the an, an article from last week but national labor relations board came out strongly in favor of athletes being student athletes being classified as employees rather than student athletes um so that means Everybody. That, can't, that doesn't mean football and basketball players. That means everybody. If you get scholarship aid from a university, you're an employee, according to the NLRB. Um, I think this is so narrow-minded and so just bureaucratic nonsense. Um, you, the, if you can read the article, the, the reply from the NCAA was spot on. It really was very accurate. 
Um, and again, the, the NCAA, for people who want to continue to bash it, isn't just about football and basketball. It's about all the student athletes and all the small sports too. It's all one big group. And they're looking out for those be that best interest as well as they're looking out for the star football player. The, these, all these things that are happening, including this, this ruling, are not looking out for, this, for the little guy, Carl, because now um, eventually, and you can explain this better than I can, but eventually scholarships could be, start being taxed. How, can we get to, how are we going to get to that point? Well, again, I think that the, the determination of whether they're, they're employees or not, um, and, and if this NLRB opinion, and it's not a ruling, it's right. Opinion, I'm sorry, yeah, it is an opinion. Which, which I think, I mean, it's vague enough that, that opinions can be debated right. you know, on both sides. At some point in time, you know, does a group of student athletes, like they tried to do several years ago at Northwestern. 2014, yeah. Do they try to unionize? And, and once they unionize and they collect a bargain, um, then they, they pretty much have determined themselves as, right. as employees. Correct. And that that could be the, the determining factor is, is the unionization of it. Uh, but I think what also you know, may you know, kind of push the needle over is if all these compensation packages that are coming from NIL, if I'm if I'm a, a judge or a politician, and I see that that student athlete X is is getting you know a million dollars a year in endorsements, right? How is that not professionalized? Yeah. And if it's professionalized, how is it not employee employee based? And, and at some point in time, the scholarship becomes, you know, becomes moot. The scholarship isn't yeah. needed. If somebody's no. getting a million dollars a year in endorsements, <laughs> That's right. they, don't, they don't need that scholarship. You're right. Uh, You're right. But, uh, you know, I read something again earlier this week about the, you know, the, the longtime um, kind of declaration that coaches act as, as parents, as guardians, as, as the father figure, as the kid goes from high school to college and it's, and Nick Saban is the father to, you know, these 85, 95 student athletes. And, and that's been part of this um, argument that, that it's, that it is not an employer relationship. And yet when you think about the demands that are on the student athletes, they, you know, they, they are st structured. They, they have to be, you know, at training at this certain time. And, you know, there's a certain amount of, of, uh, I guess, you know, you know, the way that to describe an employee okay. is, those, you know, there's half a dozen criteria and, and all of a sudden, you start looking at the criteria that that is looked at in other, you know, in other uh, you know arenas that are not sport to determine whether it's an employee employee employer relationship. You know, they're starting to check those boxes off. Yeah, okay. and um, it it may be hard to you know hard to. Well, but the but the NCAA pointed out that it's a, it's part of the student. I mean, students have to be in class at a certain time. Not getting paid to be there, but they still have to be at class. There's still requirements. So that's, NCAA was leaning on that, saying, "Listen, this is part of the academic, and, and sports is part of the academic mission of that university. It's just another. 
it's just like being in the band or the debate team or whatever. It's part of the academic. And yes, you have to meet time restraints and you have jobs, you have to tasks, you have to complete and so on. But it all, it's all part of the academic um, experience, which is basically to train you for the real world, how to do that out, out when you get out into the real world. So I but just, prior, I thought- but, pri but prior to NIL, prior to NIL, the, the quote compensation package was that, that's that scholarship. Yep. Right. Been in place. It's been in place for years and years and years. Right. And I've said this before, we neglected it. We being the administration, the NCAA, the conferences, the universities, as coaches' salaries went from half a million to a million to, to multi-million, yep. the scholarship, you know, remained and about the same. the same. Yeah. And and it took us 20 plus years to make any adjustment. And now the, the plaintiff's lawyers that got involved in the, you know, in the Austin case and, and just yep. the, you know, the, the Ed O'Bannon and the, you know, the, the, the name, name image likeness that people forgot, <laughs> you know, when this thing first started, you know, NIL was, was, you know, you had to, you had to uh, describe what, what name image likeness was. Yeah. And now NIL has become a, kind of an acronym by itself yep, that, yep. that uh, you, you know what it means though, people don't, people don't associate it with name image likeness. Now they, you know what they associate it with? Dollar, dollar figures. Yep. Yep. I mean, NIL, NIL means dollars. Yeah. Yep. It's, I mean, it's, it's been a, for, for it's been some. a rapid, for it's, some. It's, been a fat, it's been a fast, fast track on this thing. Yeah, it really has. And it, it's really a shame because, again, I think a couple of years till we see the total effect of this kick in and maybe maybe five years from now, they put some guard, they find a way to put some guardrails on it and they start to rein things back in a little bit so that the Colorado states can compete with the Colorados and that sort of thing. But uh, although I don't think Colorado, the University of Colorado is going to benefit one bit from this, but we'll see. Um, you know, one, one, one last thing here. And, and again, it's it's speculation. Right. But forecasters are already saying that that they would not be surprised if within five, seven years, there is a group of universities across the country that will acknowledge the, the employer-employee relationship and, and that there will be a league of 30 or 40 or 50 mm -hmm. on the football side that are playing by this set of rules yep. that, that clearly, you know, delineates that these are employees and the rest of the college football world will be playing under NCAA rules that have those guardrails that, you know, that you're talking about. I absolutely see that happen. I don't think there's any question that they become a de facto minor league for the NFL. Um, you know, are, are we looking for a point where the, the Michigan Wolverines are now the Ford Wolverines, you know? Well, playing, I mean, that's, another, that's a good question. How long is it going to take for right. some university or some conference you know, to go out and, and get a team, a team sponsor. Yeah, exactly. And, and logos. I mean, right now the NCA has, has restrictions on what a football uniform can, you know, can carry. Right. No, that the university last. name, the, the, the manufacturer player. name, the player. Uh, you know, there can, there's now some, you know, some uh, logos. There are some slogans that can be put on the back of, of uniforms or the back of helmets, but uh you know, at some point in time, they they they've done it for bowl games. Mm -hmm. You know, you play twelve you play twelve regular season games with a uniform that is void of any corporate mark. 
Yeah. When you go into a bowl game and the bowl slaps yeah. these logos on the uniforms, yep. some of them that are the you know gaudiest looking things <laughs> you've ever seen, right. and they play they play one game you know with those logos on it. Yep. And yep. I think I think that's a that's so that's so you're down the road. You're here. projecting college football uniforms look like NASCAR outfits pretty soon then, huh? Well, at least the NBA is doing it. You're right. You're right. You're absolutely right. I I think that's true. So we'll have, instead of this week's game between the Nebraska Cornhuskers and the Michigan Wolverines, it'll be the Mutual of Omaha Cornhuskers playing the Ford Wolverines. I mean, that's literally can happen. Um, or, or, or you, you know, when they come to when they come to Colorado, be the you know the Coors Miller. Uh, yeah, there you go. Buffaloes. Yeah. yeah, American Family Badgers. Yeah, yeah. This is all going a place that you and I, and I guess. I don't know. A lot of us don't want to see it go. And I've said this before. You can't get too much football. So I think if, if they break into a super league, like you're talking about, and who knows how many numbers, I think it ends up at 64. You think it ends up at 80. It could start out at 40, whatever, whatever that number is. And the rest of the college football world goes back to playing what is actually college football. I don't know that that's a terrible outcome um, because at least it dealt, there'll be two different levels that have two different levels of competitive balance. They probably won't play each other anymore, but at least there'll be some competitive balance within those levels, which is what I think most of us want to see. Well, and which, you know, when you think about, you know, major college football, 130 teams. And, and the one thing that is, that has kept the competitive balance in check is the number of scholarships. Yep. And you go down a level to the big sky in Northern Colorado. FCS, yep. And the FCS, it's 65. 65, yep. And and so those are the those of what those are the rules that have been put in place to protect the integrity of the competitive yeah. belt. That is gone. It's gone. That is out the window right now. It really is. And uh, so, as we said at the very beginning, let's let's track let's track what this is doing to the competitive balance of football. Yeah. And uh, but what you know, before that's, that, that's probably in jeopardy. The NIL people, the pro NIL people, the Jay Billis of the world want to promote what's good for the kids. And we talked about this with the, uh, the, the opinion, as you pointed out, from the National Labor Relations Board. If they become uh, employees, they got to pay taxes per, potentially on every little bit of compensation they get. Bryce Young in Alabama is already getting his, you know, his half or three quarters of a million dollars in endorsements. That's going to be taxed, clearly. Yeah, but, that, that's, that's, regard, that's regardless right. of whether, whether but now, the NLRB has. A, right. Has a but same. now, if, if, if they become employees, um, their taxing situation, they're going to get taxed on their scholarships. They're going to get taxed on their meals. They're going to get taxed on, on whatever else they get. On their medical, their medical insurance. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's kind of. And that will be a, a very um, complicated uh, kind of set of rules that, that, you know, that will have to be enforced, you know, not just by the NCA, but by the IRS. Yeah. And, and yet at the same time, if that happens, you know, the, the scholarships are one year, they can be hired, they can be, they can be fired during the, you know, during the middle of the year, their yeah. scholarship can be taken away from them midway through the year if they, if they're not performing. So, I mean, it's, uh, uh, I don't know what, you know, what, what outcome is, is more dangerous. The, you know, this employer employee issue that, that we're, you know, considering right. or that is being considered or that there's just absolutely no guardrails for the NIL and it just becomes totally, uh, you know, 
not regulated, that there's no, there are no regulations and there are no restrictions and there are no limits on, you know, on, on what, you know, a, a team or a, a certain player on a team is, is going to be getting. The intentions may have been at the outset to let these kids benefit from doing autograph shows and let them, let them have, you know, all this. But the unintended consequences, as you talked up at the top of the program, um, are just nobody's thought those through. Very few people thought those through. And they're leaving it open ended now. And there can be a lot of kids who get hurt by this, too. Besides, you, better, you, better, you better be ready for your endorsement of your uh, autograph yeah. company that, that is uh, sponsoring this, you know, this podcast. Uh-huh. That, uh, how long is it going to be before, you know, they have a Colorado State student athlete or a Oh. You know, we're at University of Colorado person signing autographs and not not the Broncos. Yeah. Well, around here, probably that's probably not going to happen very soon. But, you know, 500 miles east of here, that definitely is happening already. Um, yeah. And then one last thing before we go, the gambling aspect of this. Schools are endorsing the gambling thing. I mean, they're all over the place now. It's a big thing. Sports betting is huge now. How long until the, I mean, is there any has there been any delineation? Has there been any guardrails put up? Probably not. Can a can a player? get a, a, a sports betting endorsement? I mean, ha, that well, seems right, to be right the now, worst possible they, idea. There, there have been some restrictions by the NCAA uh, that are uh, you know, recommended policies in terms of mm. what can be, and, and you know, whether it's the, the alcohol basis or the, the gambling. Right. But, you know, the, the gambling piece too, Mark, is a, you know, is a, consideration in terms of what what impact can it have on intercollegiate athletics we've always felt like like what is it at risk is a a point shaving scandal Mm -hmm. that you know will damage either men's or men's basketball women's basketball football and there have been some of those in Mm -hmm. the past um but uh you know the the state's and, and Nevada being the state that that you know where it was permissible for by itself for so huh. long had so many regulations in place to to guard against um, you know point shaving. Uh, right. Now that now that it's it has been deregulated and it is out there, you know where where's where are the protections now? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I think that the you know I remember coming back to my office one day had a voicemail back in the days when we actually had voicemail from uh, from an FBI you know the the regional director of uh, of the FBI's gambling uh, oh. you know investigating uh, right. reports and and uh, I called him back and, and he was investigating uh, a gambler in Las Vegas who was making large bets and for three weeks in a row, he was making bets on at that time a whack team, wow. several hundred thousand dollars on this team, winning. And the the FBI wanted to determine whether there was anything that was in common with these three games, and they were singling out were any of the game officials. Wow assigned to all three of the games and you know he wasn't aware that you know that that, that you do crews and right. and the crew stay together pretty much the whole year but you know they were trying to find a you know something that 
Yeah. If this gambler was was focused. Where he got on, his inside information. Yeah. And did he have a? Did he have one of the one of the officials on uh, on the take? But uh, fortunately, there was not any common, you know, officiating crew. Wow. But still, the, you know, the there there, <laughs> and now the amount of uh, of legalized yeah, gambling yeah. before the. The white amount was illegal, and now it's it's all you know it's it's legal. Yeah, and the the opportunity for scandal has just gone up exponentially because when people lose and people are betting money and they lose, they're going to be angry. They're going to, I mean, this could get I'll really you, ugly. I, this, this could is, get bad. Yeah, this this may even be you know kind of small potatoes on this, but uh, how easy it is for a individual, and if that individual is a student athlete even though the NCA has rules that clearly state you cannot, you know, you cannot, you know, uh, take part in, in, in gambling activities. I mean, you, you do it with your phone, you do it, you know, online. Yeah. And I'll guarantee you, there are, there are college football players today who are making small bets on their own teams. I I'm, I'm positive of it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We know that it's going on on college campuses and, and, to, and to think that there aren't yeah. student athletes who are getting sucked into these, you know, these bet a hundred dollars on team X, Y, or B to Oof. win or lose just so they get, you know, they get you yeah. signed up and, and promise you a hundred dollars yep. that shows up in your bank account. So yeah, yeah it's um, yeah. Well, on that cheery note, we'll, uh, we'll on that cheery note we'll, keep our fingers crossed that we can yeah. uh, make it through this week without any scandals. And yeah. well, yeah, next week I want to talk about that playoff expansion situation because um, uh, there's a lot to unpack there. There's a lot of things. Why didn't it happen? Why? What? What's going to happen? Um, does the realignment? How's the realignment factored in all that? So we'll talk about that next week on the show. Um, you have a good week. We'll enjoy some good Thanks. football games this weekend, and we'll talk. We'll touch base next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.